Welcome to This Is Peace, the podcast of Peace Baptist Church located in Decatur, Georgia. On This Is Peace, we're sharing all things peace, sermons, devotions, inspiration, and conversations at the intersection of faith and culture. At Peace Baptist Church, our mission is to make disciples and meet needs. Our number one goal is to help you seek, serve, and share God. Let's jump into today's episode. And I'm going to tell you, hopefully I inspire you and the next couple of weeks will inspire you to get busy doing what God's called you to be on mission for him to do the work that he's called us to do individually, but also collectively. Can we give God a shout of praise for that? Amen. And so starting Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just make this weekend a weekend to remember. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21. And y'all pray with me, amen, as I share out of my heart. This is going to be hard to stay contained and to not be excited. Come on, amen. Uh, Corin, I'm going to just, I feel like I want to just fly. Amen. I really do. I tell you, I feel like I just want to run. Amen. Like my sister, amen, who dances every, every song. Amen. I feel like I want to just dance and jump, jump. Come on, amen. Because if you want to know my heart, if you want to know the heart of this church that I've tried to build for 20 year, 30 years here at this church, Amen. You, this is it right here. This is our manifesto. It is what we believe. What I, what I want to leave this world on my lips as I die. Amen. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's what I, what I hold on to. Uh, I was going to preach the sermon today, the first sermon that we I preached at Peace 30 years ago when we started it in my living room. Uh, I was going to preach that at Acts 3, but then last night the Lord said, "Don't do that. That's what you want to preach. You want, you want them to hear what I want you to say." Uh, or not. I said, give it to me, Lord. And so here's what, amen, was placed upon my heart after seeing, amen, Coco Golf. Come on, amen, do a great job yesterday. Come on, somebody. After, after seeing, amen, uh, what uh, Deion Sanders is doing with Colorado, amen. I'm a Georgia fan, but I'm so proud of those guys, those individuals and what they're doing. Amen. After seeing all that and then seeing Alabama uh, in their train wreck, uh, <laughs> say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, the Lord inspired me uh, through, through, through some Texans, amen, to, to be able to preach this message today. God is good. <laughs> I got to pick at Darren. Darren. Darren's my buddy, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, we're going to get him to be a Georgia fan soon. So 1 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view, Paul writes. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. We did too. We didn't, we didn't see the fullness of God. And we don't always see the fullness of what God wants to do in other people. But he says, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. That's NLT, New Living Translation, but amen, our old King James says, amen, the old, amen, creates, we become new creatures in Christ. Verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So we were messed up, but then God did what? He redeemed us. He brought us back to him. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. So he brought us back to him, and then he gave us the, the charge and the mission to bring others to him. For God was in Christ doing what? Reconciling the world to himself, 
no longer counting people's sins against them. Why? Because he already took care of them on the cross if they would just trust that. And he gave us what? This wonderful message of reconciliation so that we are Christ ambassadors. Say, I'm Christ ambassador. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Amen. He's, he's making an appeal to the world, but he's using us as his ambassadors to tell the world about him. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Our job, our mission, our, our, our message to the world is come back to God. Be reconciled to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And as ambassadors of Christ, that's our mission. That's our call. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word today. Let it go. Lord God, be a blessing to those who hear it, but not just who hear it, who do it. And we'll give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. 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 I want to thank Darren for a wonderful, powerful message last week. He set me up well. Amen. For this message today. Him and Carl both. We're called to be ambassadors. Y'all remember Toys of Us and Babies of Us and all his us's? They all gone. So I've called the message today, ambassadors of us, because we're still here. And we're not bankrupt. We've not, we're not out of fashion. We've not gone under. Amen. There is still a call on each of us to be ambassadors. So ambassadors are us. And an ambassador is a representative of a nation on behalf of the prime minister, the president, the king, to be able to go to another nation and represent the message of that kingdom in that other kingdom. To build relationships with people, to build community with people, to speak, amen, in that nation, if you would, about what the nation that we come from, our home nation, what, what it believes, its principles, its character, its values, to carry it to a foreign land. And that is our job as believers, to be able to take a man to planet Earth, the message of the kingdom, the, the heavenly message of God. That, they're, they're, that is what we are called to do as spiritual ambassadors, not just political ambassadors, not economic ambassadors, not goodwill ambassadors, doing goodwill and feeding people and clothing people. Our message is more than that. It's more than just feeding people and clothing people and getting people housing. That is great and that's good as goodwill ambassadors, but we've been called to a greater task and that is to be a spiritual ambas ambassador, to speak to the real pain of people to speak to the real sin issue that separates them from God and reconcile them back to God. Paul said that is what we're called, to be ministers of reconciliation. Whether we call, have the title pastor or minister or not, we are called to be ministers of reconciliation, reconciling broken people back to God. That is what we're called to do. We're like the Blues Brothers in the 80s. We're on a mission for God. Some of y'all remember, amen, that. Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, amen, amen. I'm on mission. And they, they did whatever it took to make sure that they followed through on the mission that they had received from their understanding from God. But our mission is greater than any movie could display. It is to represent him in every sphere of life and community, every local, regional, and global place, Every place the sun shines and even where the sun doesn't shine to make sure the S-O-N will shine. As Christ ambassadors, we are called to do five things and I'm going to let you go.
Number one, to represent Jesus and make him known. That's simple, right? To represent him. Here's what the Bible says, Philippians 1.27. Be sure that you live in a way that brings honor to the good news of Christ. Our job is to make sure that everything we do and every conversation that we have and every op operation of our life, that we're bringing glory to the name of Christ. We're bringing glory to the kingdom of God. And we're, we're, we're pointing people to him, not to us. That we represent him. And it is our first and most important task. You may be a factory worker, or a computer tech person, a teacher in a public school, a salesman or a doctor, but you are not called to just do that. No, your primary calling is not for you just to earn money, but for you to fulfill the mission. And the mission is to serve a man, the world, by sharing Jesus Christ. To say yes to God's call on your life so that the whole world may know. To say yes to his will. That's our theme for our GIC. Say yes till the whole world knows. Till everybody knows. Not just my neighbor, not just my kids, but that God uses me to make a difference in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world to go all places. He wants to use you to be a representative for him. That's what it means to be an ambassador. So first, to represent Jesus and make him known. Here's number two, to be faithful to our calling, not our career. To be faithful to our calling and not our career. To focus in on our calling. Here's what Ephesians 4.1 says. Paul says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. That's a calling that's on your life. You're called. I'm not just the one been called 37 years ago to be a preacher. You've been called. The moment you were saved, amen, God left you on the earth and didn't just take you to heaven because he's got a work for you to do, a people he wants you to reach, a job that he wants you to be activated in. There's a difference between having a job and a vocation. The difference between a job and a vocation is the difference between a calling and a career. And many people spend a lot of time and energy and money and education going to get a career. But that is not what is going to change this world. Nor will it ever fulfill you personally just to have a career. But to have a calling. To fulfill a calling on your life. How many of y'all believe there's a calling on your life? The word vocation comes from the Latin word voce, amen, V-O-C-E, amen, that means voice. It means vocal. It, it means what you do with your voice. And so God has left us here to use our voice to, to make a difference in the world. Not just, amen, to build a big house and drive a nice car. Not just to have a title in front of our name, but for us to use the voice that he's given to us. To be able to share the world, to share with him or to the world about him. You and I are an ambassador for Jesus, disguised as businessmen. That's your job to be a businessman. Your, 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 your vocation, that's, that's your career. Your vocation is to really be, amen, an ambassador for Christ. You, you are an ambassador for Christ, amen, uh, disguised as a teacher in the public school system. You're an ambassador for Christ disguised as a machine operator, disguised as a police officer or a lawyer. Your primary calling is to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. Clark Kent, amen, was, 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 was not called to be a reporter at the, at the, at the what is it, the planet, uh, it was called um, Daily Planet. 
He, he wasn't, he, he, y'all are good, yeah, man. He, he, he wasn't called, that wasn't his calling because something down on the inside of him gave him a superpower to be much more than just a reporter typing out words. He was one to be a deliverer of pain, a healer of hurts, a restorer of broken people in broken places. And God has called us to do something far greater than even Superman himself would do. Come on, Clark Kent. Come on, Bruce Wayne. Come on, whatever your name is, Superwoman, Wonder Woman. Diana, that's it, it's coming to me. You're more than that. You are a representative of Christ and an ambassador of him. And God has called you to do something amazing in this world. Do you know your calling? You know your career? Because you've got a plaque on the wall that says you went to school and you got a degree. But that ain't got nothing to do often with you. That hasn't, it doesn't always have a lot to do with your calling. Do you know your calling? What you're called to do? Who you're called to reach? You're to use your job. You're to use where you work to be a vehicle to fulfill your calling. Some people say, I can't wait till I can get into full-time ministry. Let me tell you, you are in full-time ministry. People want to, I can't wait, Pastor. I got I to gotta, I gotta work for the church, and I got to do, and that's fine, and that, that's okay to have that aspiration. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying you cannot wait until that happens because that may not happen because God never may, has that for all of us. All of us can't work here. But you can work where you are as an ambassador and representative on the job, in the office, in the factory, on the streets. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me today? So God has called you to pursue a career, but to fulfill your calling. I'm preaching better than some of y'all saying amen. I'll tell you, I am. You, you, you and I have been called to care, to be called to witness, to call to represent Christ in the places where people have no voice, and we use our voice to proclaim his voice, his truth. We've been called in Romans 1 and 7, we're called to be God's people. John 15, we're called to be God's friends. 1 Corinthians 1, called to be holy. 2 Corinthians 5, called to, be, to speak for Christ. In Galatians 5, called to serve others. Colossians 3, called to live in peace. In Romans 8, 29, called to become like Christ for God's purpose. In 1 Peter chapter 2, called to suffer for Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 3, called to bless those who curse us. 1 Timothy 1, called to eternal life. Second Thessalonians 2, called to share Christ's glory. We've been called, y'all. And until we get busy doing what he's called us to do, you will never be satisfied. You will always be frustrated. You will always feel like something is missing in your life. Our assignment is to be a representative of him on the earth to build relationships with people at our job. You don't have to be at the church. The greatest preaching I've ever heard was not in the pulpit. It's out on the streets. It's, it's conversation. It's the relationships that you build with people because you'll know people and reach people far more than I ever will. You'll be able to speak to them from your own pain and your own story and tell them, tell them the hope that you have of Christ. And you will have greater impact than any preacher that's ever lived. My, my brothers and sisters, don't isolate yourselves. Be involved in the work of God to represent the kingdom of Christ. I tell my kids that when you go out into the world, amen, you represent the Barnett name, my name. You represent my name. But more than that, you represent his name, Christ's name. 
And so it should change the way you think about yourself and how you take care of people and how you, how you move, how you, how you present yourself on the gym floor, Jonathan, when you want to play your basketball. Or, or, or Talia, when you're teaching in the classroom, because you are a representative of Christ, it should change how you take care of kids. Because you're a representative of Christ, it, it changes the way you pass over a homeless man at the QT. Or how you treat someone who's not treating you well. You're a representative of Christ. Yes, you represent me, Barnett, but you represent a higher calling. There's a higher calling on your life than just to be a Barnett. It's to be a disciple of Christ, representative of him to a world who needs to know him. Paul says in Acts 20, 20 through 24, Acts uh, 20, verse 24, he says this. He says, I love this. This is one of my, he says, I do not care about my own life. He says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. That's, that's my mission. That is the mission state. That's your job description. Right here in Acts 20, it's your job description for every believer, for us to do what? To tell the good news about God's grace to a world that needs to know it. It's not to be a Republican or a Democrat. It's not to be NAACP or Urban League. It's not to be a Q or Alpha or Kappa or Delta or, 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 or AKA. It is for me to be a representative of Jesus Christ. It's not for me to be a Coca-Cola employee or Pepsi-Cola. It's not for me to love the Falcons, which I do. But it's first and far more primary. We'll see over the season how much I talk about the Falcons. I may be talking less and less as the time goes on. But I hope that I talk more and more and more about Jesus. I hope and I pray that there's nothing that will ever take the place of me proclaiming his name and telling the world about him. My brothers and sisters, I pray that's your prayer as well. To fulfill your mission, as Paul says, ambassadors are sent to other nations not to tour the country. When they are sent by the president or the prime minister to go into another nation, amen, to represent the nation that they come from, not to tour, not to sit there and eat the food. Oh, this is good. Let me try this. I ain't never had none. It's, their, their job is to represent that kingdom they came from. And we're called to do just that, my brothers and sisters. To like Paul, who at the end of his life, in Timothy, he says, I've kept the faith. I finished the race. I kept my course. I finished the mission. I did it. And henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give unto me, but not only to me, but to all those who long for his appearing. Woo, glory, I feel it. The mission, the mission that wakes you up in the morning, the mission, amen, of God that keeps you excited through the day, the mission that keeps you focused when life wants to pull you apart. We've got to make sure that we are, amen, living for our calling, not our career. Number three, to be empowered to speak with authority till the whole world knows Christ. Our job is to use the authority that Jesus Christ has given to us. In the Great Commission, Amen. He tells us these words in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. I've got all the authority. And that authority he's extending to us as we work in cooperation with him. 
Look what it says. Therefore, go, therefore, because of that, you always ask, why is the therefore, therefore? It's therefore because the authority in heaven and earth is in him. And if we're in him, then we're to be a people who go to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples, he says. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always. I will be with you always because this is the great co-mission. Co-mission. It is a co-mission. It means that we're not doing it alone. Co-operating with the Spirit. Co-operating with Christ. Co-operating with each other. Co-operating with the church. It is the great co-mission. It is a huge mission. It is big. It is expansive. It is beyond Jerusalem. It is throughout Judea. It is around Samaria. It is in the uttermost parts of the world. And no one person can do it alone. That is why we have to have the co-operation with one another to do the co-mission of Christ. And so we work together to make his name known. And you have the authority to do that. I'm shy. You don't have to be. In your personality and who you are, God can give you some authority that even the most timid of us will find power and anointing as we walk in the authority that Christ has given to us. You are called, appointed, and anointed to speak for God. Somebody say amen out there. You can speak for him when he wants you to speak you can open up your mind. Christ has given all authority and extends it to you as you represent him. When you do it, a special grace is given to you. When you speak with his authority, a special grace, and that grace is often manifest in the gifts of the Spirit. So that when it calls for an order, God allows the, the, the authority and the anointing of the gift of administration and leadership to come upon you. That when there is confusion, God allows the gifts of knowledge and wisdom to be given to you for whatever the situation is that you're facing. When there is brokenness and there's destruction and there's pain, gifts of healing and miracles manifest in your life through the authority that Christ has in heaven and earth to be able to override the laws of, of, of gravity and humanity and sickness and disease. Y'all hear me today. I can go on and on with the gifts of the Spirit of God, amen, that, 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 that give us, if you would, the power to do what we need to do, but we have authority to do it if we're doing it in his name as his representative. You do not have authority to do it in your name or the name of the church, but only the name of him, the name of him. Because only in his name will every knee bow. Only in his name will every knee confess. Whatever his, only in his name. Demons tremble at his name. The sons of Sceva, amen, they were trying to cast out demons but didn't know Jesus. But they knew Paul. And they said, in the name of Paul and the man that he talked about, because they didn't know him. The demons looked at him. The man who was demon-possessed looked at him. The Bible says, jumped on him, start biting him, fighting him. Because they said, we know, we, 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 we know Paul. We, we, we know Jesus. We don't know you. You ain't got no authority. You need to do it in the authority of the Spirit of God, the name of Christ. And you've been given that diplomatic authority. Good God Almighty, you've been given the diplomatic authority. You know what it's called, amen? It is called uh, plenipotentiary. Plenip 
potent, potentary, plentipotentary, there it is, plentipotentary, whatever, say that five times, plentipotentary, plentipotentary, that's what it's called, plentipotentary, that's it right, plenty of potency. You've been given plenty of power. It is what every, in, in, natu- in the natural world, in every political country gives plentipotentary authority <laughs> to, amen, its ambassadors to speak on behalf of the nation they're from. So that when they're meeting with heads of state in new nations, they are able to speak on behalf of the president or the prime minister as if it was the prime minister or president. And you and I have that authority as believers. As long as we are saying what Jesus said, as long as we're staying in the parameters of the word of God and what the kingdom of God represents, we can have authority to speak in any foreign circumstance. We can walk into demonic issues. We can walk into family issues. We can walk into political or social or economic issues. And we can speak with authority as representatives of heaven. Good God Almighty. Glory to God. You hear me today. Y'all don't hear me today. You, you, you and I can walk into any issue, amen, and with the plenipotentiary territory. <laughs> with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the authority of the kingdom of God, with the, amen, with, with, the, with the strength of God's grace, and with the willingness of using his word. Y'all don't hear me today. Demons got to fall. Devils got to run. Darkness got to flee because darkness cannot comprehend the light of the authority of Christ. Give God some praise in this house today, somebody. Come on, y'all. Come on, give him praise. Glory to God. Woo, I'm about to run. I'm about, I'm about, sister, we getting ready to run. I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to run. Woo, hey. Jesus, we declare his word, his authority to a world who needs to hear it. We are his representatives. It's a calling, not a career. It's the authority of his word that gives us the power to do what we do as his representative. Number four, we are to be an example to everyone we meet and share with them the love of Christ. We're to be an example. Every representative or ambassador, they have to go to the place. They can't be an ambassador in their own hometown. They, can, they'll be, they may be called ambassador, but they ain't doing ambassadorship stuff when they're at home. They do their work away from home. And so we have to, we have to leave the confines of this to go to places that God sends us. And we're to go to represent him, to represent him in every way. First Peter says this, 2 and 12 says, people who do not believe are living all around you and might say you are doing wrong because they're looking at you. He says, so all the people around you, they're like, you say you're a Christian. Oh, you ain't. Look at you. Oh, you doing that. Oh, I heard you. Oh, I saw you. Yeah, they do that. But here's what Peter says. So live such good lives that they will see the good things you do and will give glory to God. Because you're his representative, you have a responsibility to live holy and righteous, to be able to make sure that you represent in character and in conduct the kingdom. That you're not saying I'm a Christian and you out there doing 
non-kingdom stuff. We ought to smell the kingdom coming off of you, not some other stuff. Oh. We ought to be able to bite into your life and taste and see that God is good. Because when the world tastes you, when the world bites you, when the world, amen, uh, uh, takes part of your life, they taste the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, amen, goodness, faith, amen, self-control. And they taste it. That when they taste your life, they say, ooh, I want some Jesus that you got because you taste so good because you're so full of forgiveness and Jesus is, you so full of Jesus and you so gracious with your forgiveness. Man, if you taste like that, maybe Jesus would too. Because you're so full of kindness and gentleness and, and, and patience, amen, maybe that's how Jesus is too because you're so full of him. So I want some of what you got. I want some of that Jesus. Turn to your neighbors. I want some of that Jesus you got. Tell them, I want some of that Jesus. I want some of that Jesus. I want some of that Jesus. Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, we loved you so much that we gave you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. We gave you. We didn't just tell it to you. We showed it to you. We demonstrated it. Paul would say that we are living epistles, read and known of all men. We're living Bibles, living testaments, and people are reading us who will never pick up a Bible, but they read your life. They see you, and your life should be so attractive that they want to know more, and they are turning to his word then. They're relying on his spirit because they see him through you and me. You got to go to the foreign lands and go to the places. That's why we can't stay in the church. We got to go outside and just fellowship with each other. That's great. That's a part of the church. That's one of the purposes of the church is fellowship. But that is not what we're supposed to do. That's what's killing churches today in America. They're falling off because they don't want a fellowship. And they're afraid to go out into the world because they're saying the world, them people sinners. But that's what you're supposed to do. Why are you getting up bad, mad with sinners? Who doing what sinners do? I ain't never been mad at a drunk who want to drink. Because I expect that's what you do. Reefer, they going to drink, they going to smoke reefer. They don't even have within them the, the control valve to cut that off. That's why they need the Spirit of God to come in them because the Spirit of God can take whatever ails you, whatever controls you, whatever, amen, has you under its power. There's a greater authority. There's a greater power that can release the prisoners. Jesus says, I come to set prisoners free. But in order to set prisoners free, I got to go in prisons. I come, I come to let the captives get, go free. But in order to do that, I got to go in places where people feel trapped. I can't, I can't do that from, the, from, from, from in, in the safety of the sanctuary and just hope they're going to come in. I gave them, I, I told them the address. No, no, we have to go to where they are. We have to go to where they are. Go and make disciples. Go and let people see your light and see your love and feel his liberty. 
You got to do that, but you got to do it with gentleness and respect. Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16, be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you. But here it is. So he said, make sure everybody knows. You tell them about Jesus. Wherever you go, that you always are telling people about the hope, why you are who you are, why you wired the way you're wired. Tell them that. But when you do it, do it with gentleness and respect. Yesterday, Yatan and I went to um, Sanford Stadium up in Athens to watch Georgia and, and Ball State play. And we went, and I've never, I have loved Georgia, but I've never been to a game there. So we was able, I was able to get good, good seats and tickets, and we went up there, had a good time. But on the way to the stadium, they have these street preachers all in the, on the campus. Even at the gates, when you go in, they got megaphones and microphones and speakers up. And, 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 and what they were saying all throughout the campus as we walk in to 10 minutes from the square to the stadium, they're just yelling, hell, you're going to hell. There's fire and brimstone. There's a lake of fire Jesus has preserved for those who won't receive him and they're going to hell and brimstone and fire. I mean, it was blaring. I was like, oh, my spirit was so, oh, oh. It's like wounding me. Cause I, that ain't helping no, ain't nobody gonna get saved on that. I said, preacher, how you know that? Because I was one of them back in college. On the, hell, y'all going to hell. Can I tell you? Not one person ever got saved over that. I, ain't, I can't, I don't have a story that I can tell you that somebody came because I told them, hell, hell, hell. But I can tell you hundreds of stories of people who hear, not of hell, but hear of God's power to release us from hell. To keep us from hell. I believe in hell. I preach on hell. I talk about hell all the time. I know there's a hell. I ain't going to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. But I'm not going to lead with that. I'm not going to lead with that. I, I'm going to make sure, amen, that you know of his love and his grace. That you know that, that, that the pain that you feel today Amen, is, a, is a reason there because of sin that entered the world and sin that's in your own heart. But here's the good news. Jesus, the righteous one, he saw our predicament. He saw our pain. He felt our hurt. He knew that we had no power to redeem ourselves. And so he came to this earth. God himself loved us so much that he gave himself. He gave his only son that he himself became our sacrifice. He became sin for us so that we, amen, would not have to pay the penalty of sin. And he died on Friday, but he didn't stay dead because he rose up on Sunday morning with all power in his hand. And because he got up, here's the good news you can get up to whatever's going on inside of you whatever hurt whatever pain whatever heartache Jesus can heal it if you confess your sin if you say you need him he will he will he will take care of you now people get saved off that sometimes I have to yell it out sometimes I have to sit with a person one-on-one and hold their hand while their tears run off their eyes and say it in a gentle, respectful way that they can receive it. And God wants to use you, amen, to do that on your job, in your neighborhood, with your cousins and your family and your school, wherever you are. He wants to use you to do that, to be his ambassador. 
to make a difference in the world. My brothers and sisters, that's it. We're, we're not to, we're not to, to, to call to, to build up walls. We're, we're called to build bridges, to build bridges to broken people. And God wants to help us to do just that. Yes, Lord. This, this world, my brothers and sisters, is not our home. And so my last and final point is, as an ambassador, you realize we're on temporary assignment on earth. That we are true citizens of heaven. That your passport, amen, has been stamped with glory on it. Y'all don't hear me, huh? That, that you are not and I am not as believers, citizens of this earth that is damned to hell. This earth that is on its way to destruction. This world, as the Bible says, was going to get worse and worse. But there is a place that God has prepared for those who love him. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place that where I am, you will be also. And it's a place of peace. It's a place of rest. It's Papa's place. It's a perfected place. It's a praising place. Come on, somebody. I, I feel it in here today. It's a place where I go to rest from my labor. It's a place that I won't ever have to say goodbye. It's a place where there is no need for the sun because the power and the light of God will illuminate the place because there's no darkness, there's no sickness, there's no weeping. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Tell your neighbor, I live there. That's where I live. I live there. Don't you look at what's going on right here. Don't you look at my circumstance because this ain't my home. I'm just temporary here. This is a pit stop. This is just a pit stop. But there's a place I'm on my way to. Glory to God. Hey, Lord Jesus. This world is not our home. We're going we're gonna to borrow this earth's soil for 60, 70, 80, maybe less than that, maybe a little bit more than that. Oh, but one day all of us are either going to go down in the dirt or up in the rapture. But we all leave here because this is not our home. 60 to 90, 70 years here, great, fine, but zillions of zillions of zillions of zillions of years in glory. But we are conditioned to be focused in on this earth, to, to only see the, 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 the celestial and not the eternal. We're tied to this place, but we have to realize that heaven is our home. Peter says in 1 Peter 17, if if you call God your father, live your time as temporary residents on earth. Amen. Philippians 3, 19 and 20 for the New Living Translation say, all the other people think about is life here on earth, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives. Amen. See, it'll help you deal with earth when you know there's heaven, when you know there's something beyond here and that you have a responsibility as an ambassador for Christ to take as many people with you there. Because you're not going to take the house and the car and the furs and the shoes. You're not going to take it, but you can take your family. You can take your friends. 
Turn to somebody and say, will you go with me to heaven? Come on, tell me. Do you know him? If you don't know him, I'll help you. If you don't know him, I'll show you. If you don't know him, I'll tell you about him. Amen. If you don't know him, just look at my life because he's filled me with joy and peace and love and power. Amen. Come on, I'm on my way to heaven. Don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? That's the story we tell. That's the story we share. The reason why we struggle here on this earth so much is because we're not supposed to be here. This ain't our resting place. This is not our final destination. And that's why you're never comfortable. And that's why, amen, you always feel restless. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me today. That's why your flesh, something don't feel right. Because you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> Y'all don't, this ain't my home. <laughs> this ain't my stopping ground. <laughs> this is just a pit stop on my way to what God has for me. I don't feel comfortable in this. The Bible even says in Romans 8 that the earth, the whole earth groans and travails waiting on the redemption of us so that it itself can be redeemed. The Bible teaches us that earthquakes and, and hurricanes and tornadoes are, are, are the earth groaning because it's saying this ain't how God intended for this planet to be. He wanted it to be a place of Eden, a place of paradise and sin turned it into a place of destruction. So even the earth groans sometimes Tornadoes spin, hurricanes blow, floods rise. Because it even knows this ain't the way God intended it to be. And these old bodies of ours also get old and they get gray and they don't feel good, mamas. Amen. And the back hurts and the knees don't work. Amen. The toes tinkle at night. Y'all don't hear me today because it's a reminder. I said it's a reminder that we don't belong in this place. But one day we're going to make a great exchange. We're going to take off this flesh and put on immortality. Somebody ought to give God praise. Woo, I feel like preaching today. Birds are not happy on land because they were made to fly. Fish can't survive on land because they were made to swim in the water and we were made for heaven. And as ambassadors, our job, our, our job will be how many did you take with you? Whether or not they accepted or not, that's on them. How many did you tell? Did you keep it to yourself? Were you selfish? Did you, did you hoard the grace? Did you, amen, keep a prisoner the praise? Or did you share it? Did you give it? Did you display it? That's what God calls us to do, my brothers and sisters. That's what it means to be an ambassador. Now, every ambassador in that temporary place knows that the president, the prime minister can call them home when the work is done, when the country they've been planted in no longer wants to hear the message of the kingdom, when, 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 when Russia no longer would listen to Biden, no longer listen to the world courts, no longer listen to NATO and anybody else, Biden called the ambassadors home, says Putin ain't listening. There's nothing else we can do because they don't want to hear no more. And the grace that we've descended to them is now shut. 
I'm taking back my grace. So he called the ambassadors back home. And my beloved, one day, God is going to look at this earth and he's going to see that not one more sinner is going to try to come. That he sent us out as his evangelists, as his ambassadors, as his pastors and teachers and prophets. He sent us out to do his work. And he knows that the world is going to say, I don't want to hear about Jesus no more. And that day, I believe he's going to come back, y'all, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. But the dead in Christ going to rise first. And those that remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And then my Lord, my Savior, will come back with ten thousands of ten thousands of his saints. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad I'm going to be in that number. Y'all don't hear me today. Don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? Well, you got to get right. Because there's a day coming when he's going to call us back. It's going to come a day when preaching won't work. It's coming a day when nobody's going to hear. And the hour of tribulation will be on the earth for seven years. The time of woe is coming. Thank God even then there will be those who will hear. There will be those that will hear. Not 144,000, amen, Jehovah Witnesses. And 144,000 redeemed children of, the, of Israel from the 12 tribes will rise up supernaturally with the power of God on them to proclaim as supernatural ambassadors of Christ to a world that's gone dark. But not only that 144,000, those that will remain who will get saved because of that preaching, there will be thousands and millions of people on the earth, even in the seven-year tribulation, letting them know Jesus is true. Jesus is live, and he's coming back. And after the seven years are ended, Jesus will come back, not riding on a donkey, not carrying a cross up Golgotha's hill, but he'll come back on a white horse, the Bible says, with fire in his eyes. He'll come back, amen. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I feel like preaching. He's coming back, y'all. How many will go with him? Will depend on what we do with what we've been given. What we do with the message he has entrusted to us as his ambassadors. I don't know about you, but I'm taking thousands with me. Hello, I'm taking thousands with me. I'm taking thousands. Will you take some? How many of you gonna take? A hundred over here? You gonna take two hundred? You gonna take five hundred? Oh, thousands! Come on, anybody? Y'all, yes! Come on, y'all! I'm not going by myself. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this word, this message today. We pray, oh Father, that you will help us to live out the calling on our lives, the calling to be ambassadors, representatives for you. And even when they don't want to hear, that's not our job. It's our job to tell. It's the Holy Spirit's job to draw. So Holy Spirit, start drawing people now. Use us on our job, in our schools, in our homes, in our neighborhoods. Lord, even in our church. Because there are people even among us who don't profess you as Savior. They're still seeking. But let them know the search can be over today if they just say yes to you. I pray that those online right now who want to give your life to Christ, can you just put in the chat, I'm ready to turn my life over to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to trust him as Savior and Lord. Would you do that right now? I'm in the room today. Would you give your life to Christ? Our minister's going to come and we're going to ask you to 
give your heart and your life to him. To trust him as Savior, to trust him as Lord, to say yes to him till the whole world knows. We put on this GIC next week, not because it's on the calendar, because no, it's, it's in our calling. It's what we've been called to do and to spur on this whole church to do it together in cooperation with each other and with Christ. So let's do it. Let's start today. Thank you for joining us today. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey with Christ, we want to celebrate with you. We also have some resources to help you on your journey. To find out more about Peace Baptist Church, head over to our website at thisispeace.org. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Peace.